Thank you for tuning into this podcast. This live presentation of the Word of Yah was presented by Senior Pastor Omar Tebow of Philadelphia Christian Church in South Louisiana. Visit our website, philadelphiacc.org, to learn all about us. Our hope is that this message would leave you changed and made better all because of it. Shalom. So tonight, we focus in again on Hebrews 12, and we're going to look at verse 16 again. And we're going to hone in to the B part of this particular verse. Because the B part is going to help us out. It says, let that, lest there be any fornicator, profane person. Watch this. This is where we are. As Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For ye know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. And so we have three points, amen, going into these couple of verses. I don't know how many I'm going to do tonight. Might be one, amen. If we feeling good and y'all still up, I may even do two, you know. I ain't wrote the notes down, but it's already in here. You understand what I'm saying? And so we may, we may do that, but um, I'm, 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 I'm ready. We, we'll, we, we're going to talk about three things. We'll talk about uh, Esau uh, as we go over this text for the next few weeks. We'll talk about sold his birthright, and then we'll talk about no place of repentance. That's kind of like our roadmap where we're going, amen? And so let's begin with our first point, which is Esau, all right? And it just comes from that verse, lest there be any fornicate or profane person as Esau, right? It appears that God, in this text, all right, is going to give us an example of everything he's been talking about in the previous verse, all right? He told us that we need to look diligently and be careful, right? Lest we mess up this Christian walk, lest we, hallelujah, fall off. And none of us want to fall off. Anybody hear me up in here? Because the way it is, is listen, this walk is not a sprint. It's a marathon, all right? And it's not how you start, but it's how you finish that come. And every day we live, we need to wake up and say, look, I'm in it to win it, all right? You understand what I'm saying? There should never be a time where you wake up and you, like demons, I'm turning my back, I'm going back to the streets, I'm going back to the club. Nah, nah. You see, the ones that really have it never turn back. You understand what I'm saying? John said they went out from us because they was never of us. Had they been of us, they would have never went out from us. See, when God put his spirit on the inside of you, amen, you are changed. You are changed. You understand what I'm saying? And in your heart, you know what I'm saying is true. Your spirit is, is, is lining up with what I'm saying is true. Because ask yourself, could you ever go back to the way you were? You can't go back. You won't go back to the way it used to be. And, and some of us done tried. Some of us done, done, well, let me just, you know, let me, you on a bad day, let me just see. You don't even feel right over there. You don't even feel right in that conversation, at that place, doing the thing that you thought you could have done, taking a, 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 a quote-unquote sabbatical from the Lord. Guess what? You run and you tell right back to church. Why? Because you've been changed. You've been changed. You've been changed. Hallelujah. Believers know what I'm talking about tonight. You know what I'm talking about because you're not comfortable in the far country. Sheep are not comfortable in the mud. All right? 
And we look at we look at the world and it's playing in the mud and we like, ooh, that might be fun. As soon as we get in the mud, we I'm dirty and I don't like this. Anybody hear me up in here? That's when the seed of God is on the inside. See? You can't walk in darkness for a continual amount of time. It just, it just won't happen. It just won't happen. And the devil could play tricks with your mind and, and be like, yeah, if, if you wouldn't, you could be doing, you could be, you ain't, you not doing nothing. You ain't going to do nothing. With the spirit of the living God in you? Oh, no. Oh, no. You'll be crying, boo-hooing, calling first lady, pastor, looking for some counsel. See? See? I don't know how I got off into that, but let's get back to Esau. All right, but, but, but God is going to give us an example of a person that encapsulates all of the things he was just mentioned. He told us, be careful, look diligently so you don't fall off, so you don't fail from the grace of God. You remember he said, he said uh, 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 so there's no root of bitterness that spring up in you. No? He said, be careful, uh, let's, let's devil trip you up and, and you get into sexual morality or some kind of fornication. And Sambud, I think I have this for him up here uh, if you go to the next slide. And he says, be careful, hallelujah, that, that you become profane or godless or worldly. And so he was telling us to, to be careful of those things. And now he says, lest there be any fornicator or profane person. And then he says, as Esau, all right? And most commentators think that he's using Esau primarily and solely as an example of profaneness. They think that he's just using Esau as an example of somebody that's worldly. But as I looked at the word of God, amen, and, and, and studied it uh, in comparison to the life of Esau, Esau is not just an example of profaneness, of worldliness of ungodliness. He's an example of all the things that will take you away from God. He's an example of someone failing from the grace of God. He's an example of someone who had been wronged and can't let go of that wrong and that bitterness is just going to consume him. He's an example of that. He's an example, amen, of, of someone who is operating in sexual immorality. That is Esau. And also, he's an example of worldliness, ungodliness, in which the King James calls profane. All right? And so this morning, I mean this evening, we're going to just talk up. That's all that water, Isaac, I've been drinking. Hallelujah. Uh, that water challenge you got me on. Amen? Uh, it, it, now, this evening, we're going to be talking about, amen, hallelujah, uh, 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 Esau. It's kind of going back and looking at his life as an example of how not to live. Amen. And we'll see if we got some time. And to do that, we're going to go to Genesis 25 and just talk a little bit about him. Amen. Uh, as we look at Genesis 25, amen, and, and verse 19, we pick up on the story of Esau. And we're here because God wants us to look at it. That's why. You know, one of the best ways for you to not become something is for God to give you an example of that right in front of your eyes. All right? Some of us, amen, we, we see somebody that's just living the wrong way and we tell ourselves, I never want to be like him or her or this one or that. And this is what God is hoping for us tonight. 
that we would put Esau on the stage and we would say as a group, I never want to be like this person. And a lot of times if you make that declaration, amen, God will honor that, amen, and he'll honor that and he'll, he'll direct your life never to be like that. Say with me, say with me now, say, God, help me never, ever to be like Esau in Jesus' name. Come on, give God some glory, amen. Hallelujah. And so in Genesis 25, amen, verse 19, the Bible begins to tell us about Esau's life. And these are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife. Isaac was old to be married. But, you know, I preached a sermon one time, miracles after 40. So Isaac said, hallelujah, it's all good. So Isaac got mad when he was 40. Um, um, the daughter of Bethel, uh, the Syrian of uh, Pandanaram, I think that's good enough, the sister to Laban, the Syrian, and Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. So these verses tell us something about Esau, all right? This is all about his pedigree, his lineage. And so we see right off the bat that Esau come from good stock, all right? His grandfather is none other than Abraham, the friend of God, the one that God would make a covenant with. Do you understand what I'm saying? The, the predecessor of our nation. If there'd be no Abraham, there'd be no Israel. Anybody hear me up in here? All right? And so, so, so that is Esau's grandpa, all right? Esau's father is Isaac, all right? Isaac is the one, Brother Felton, with the hundredfold blessing. You understand what I'm saying? The one who sold in the famine and was blessed so much, the other nations was worried about him, huh? How many people would love nations to be worried about the money you making? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? They'd be like, Brother Carl, you, Korea would call, Brother Carl, you making too much money, all right? The whole, the whole nation of the Philistines was worried about this one man, Isaac, stopping up his wells because he was so paid. He was so blessed. You understand what I'm saying? So Esau comes from a good lineage, a good pedigree. Grandpa Abraham, uh, Father Isaac, and Mama is Rebecca. And what we're going to find about Rebecca is Rebecca is real spiritual. You know them women of God that just love the Lord, amen? Huh? And even when the husband is a, is a little bit fleshly or, or a little bit too carnal, amen, uh, sometimes the women of God will, will put the whole house back into prayer, put the whole house back into the word, put the whole house, hallelujah, back serving God, bring the whole house back to church. That's the kind of woman of God Rebecca was. Anybody hear me up in here? Rebecca was a praying woman, amen. Rebecca was a, was a, was a spiritually discerning woman. She could tell, hallelujah, which one of her sons God had picked. Y'all ain't ready for me yet. Y'all ain't ready for me yet. She was a spiritually discerning woman of God who could see things that even her husband couldn't see. You see what I'm saying? So what I'm telling you that for is that Esau came from a good lineage, good stock. But I want to tell you, all right, just because your mama and daddy serving God don't mean that you automatically gonna serve God. Anybody hear me up in here, all right? That decision has to be made by you. It's an individual thing, right? It's an individual walk, and I'll say that till I'm blue in my face. 
Don't you dare get the big head about who your grandpa is and your mama is. That stuff don't mean nothing in the kingdom of God. It don't mean absolutely nothing. All right? We all got to go get God for ourselves. Come on, give y'all some glory, all right? Hallelujah. And Esau, hallelujah, though he was from a good stock, apparently made the wrong decision. The next thing we see was that he was a child born in prayer, right? He was born in prayer. We talk about Jacob being born in prayer all the time. We talk about Rebecca being barren. Remember that? She couldn't have children. So Isaac entreated the Lord on behalf of his wife, all right? And there's an old saying, amen, in the church, that any time a woman is barren, huh, when she finally has a baby, huh, that baby is going to be great in the kingdom of God. Anybody hear me up in here? That's just the way barrenness works. Amen. That's just the way that God works. All right? God will oftentimes let you pray for something for a lot of years before you get it. And the longer you pray for a thing, the longer you wait for a thing, the longer you anticipate and you, and you believe on a thing, usually that's the better the thing is once you finally get it. Anybody hear me up in here? And, and that's the way it is. And that applies to, to, to babies. That applies to business. And that applies to almost every single other blessing that's in your life. Anybody hear me up in here? Because I know that, hey, God, some of y'all, y'all have some barren areas in your life. It might not be a children, but you got some things that you've been praying and fasting and asking for, amen, and it just seemed like nothing is going to break. You're praying for rain, but it looked like desert. You're praying for bread, but the, but the plate is empty. You're praying for provision, amen, but you're praying for checks in the mail, and all you're getting is bills in the mail. Anybody hear me up in here? And it's in those times that we have to hold on. And we got to press in. And we got to keep praying. Huh? Isaac entreated the Lord on the behalf of his wife. We got to keep praying. And then we got to hold faith. Huh? That God, I know my timing is not your timing. And I know I've been waiting a long time for you. But I know when the wait is over, what you're going to bless me with is going to be worth the wait. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me up in here. Come on now. That single woman, that husband you waiting on is worth the wait. That single man, that wife you waiting on is worth the wait. That house you waiting on is going to be worth the wait. Them children you waiting on is going to be worth the wait. That call you been praying for is going to be worth the wait. That ministry you waiting on is going to be worth the wait. Anybody hear me up in here? All right. That wait is part of the journey. That wait is part of the journey. God is preparing you and preparing the thing that he has for you. See? That's just the way God is. God ain't giving you no microwave blessing that you put in 30 seconds. He give you that. And that's not what God gives you. He ain't giving you no, 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 no TV dinner. No. God is preparing you a lavish feast of a blessing that's taking time. And he, he, he cooking from scratch everything that you ask and everything that you praying for, putting all the ingredients in it that's why it's taking so long. Hallelujah. But it's on the way. Come on, give y'all some glory up in this house. Amen. Amen. Esau was a child born in prayer. He had everything going for him, man. Great-grandfather, Abraham. Mama, Rebecca. 
daddy, Isaac. You see, he had wealth, he had riches, he had a spiritual pedigree. He had it all, you know, had it all. You know? But he didn't have God. See? Didn't have God. You see? Hallelujah. The Bible says in 22, and the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. What this tells us is that after Rebecca prayed and they conceived, that she had some, some, some rough times with her pregnancy. Anybody hear me up in here? See, sometimes you could pray for something, and when God give it to you, anybody hear me up in here? You experience a little turbulence. Anybody hear me up in here? And, 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 and if, you're not, if you're not careful, you see, the devil will get in your ear, and you start complaining about the thing that you've been praying for. Anybody hear me up in here? I, woo! That just came out of the spirit. So you got to watch yourself. You see what I'm saying? And so, 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 so we got some rough patches. So, so for our singles, what that looked like is you're praying for that husband and then you get him. All right? And then the honeymoon is over. Anybody hear me up in here? All right, all right. You say, Pastor, I don't know if that my husband. You say the blessing of the Lord make it rich and added no sorrow. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it don't add no sorrow, amen. But it's going to work a good work in you, amen. You understand? So God will use that husband to work good things in you. And, and it's, it's no sorrow meaning like it's, it's something negative. It's no sorrow meaning like it's, it's grief. No, 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 no. He's causing all those things to work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Even that trouble is good. Anybody hear me up in him? So a lot of the times we pray for a thing and a little trouble comes. And we begin to doubt God. We began to doubt God. And, 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 and Rebecca's sitting there. Now, now she prayed for a child. You see what I'm saying? She prayed for a child. And she began to be troubled. Because she was experiencing some, some, experiencing some, some birth pangs and different things that, that watching other women. Come on, Miss Tessa. You know, you know the birthing process. Watching other women, she knew that something was different in her. Why am my stomach so big so early? Why, why I'm having trouble? Why I'm, well, you know, you know, my cousin such and such didn't have that. What in the world? God, why? Oh, why me, God? Why, I, God, I, I should have never asked for no bit. Do you understand what I'm saying? Be careful of a murmuring spirit. Be careful of a complaining spirit. Be careful of that. You see, because the very thing you complain about is a blessing in your life. Listen to me good here. Come on, somebody. Listen, she prayed for one child, and guess how many children God gave her? Two. Why? Because he can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ever ask, hope, or imagine. And a lot of times we pray for something, and the complaint that we're complaining about is just a blessing in disguise that's coming our way. Oh, come on, somebody. We just, we just got to be able to see it through God's perspective that it's going to work out for the good. When trouble hit, keep calm the light. Just keep calm the light. Don't change your face. Don't change the way you act. Just believe that God going to work it out. Trouble don't last always. Amen. It's not going to end up in sorrow. Weeping man door for a night, but joy comes in the morning light. It might feel bad. It might taste bad. It might look bad, but it's going to still work out for the good. I'm trying to preach up in here. I'm trying to preach. I'm, 
you just gotta you just gotta hold on don't worry don't complain just hold on hold on you know nothing is supposed to be perfect on this side nothing nothing and while we strive for excellence in every area you strive for excellence but leave a little room because we still on the other side of glory if things were perfect on this side, there'd be no need for heaven. And so sometimes you could walk around and you can look at something and it, it don't line up. And what get me is people that get so upset when something don't line up on this side of glory. Baby, you're not in New Jerusalem. And you got to keep that. You got to understand that this side will never satisfy you. You're never going to look at something on this side and get, and get fullness of joy. It's never going to happen. It's not supposed to happen. So in all of its imperfections, in, 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 in all of its uh, lack of uh, right-on measurements, we enjoy it for what it is. I've rarely seen things work out. Even when you got the money to pay for it here, I've rarely seen things work, work out to the exact There's always something God gonna leave on it for you to have to put up with. <laughs> always. You can pay for that wall to be paying. They're gonna have a little piece that just bother you all day, boy. You just walk in there, just and when you look at that, think of heaven. Think of heaven, hell. When you look at that, you just look at that and you say, I'm not in heaven yet. You understand how what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what I gotta do when I look at this 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 thing right here. Well, I'm not in heaven yet. Just gotta keep on going. See? I don't know where I'm going. I'm just flowing. I don't know where I'm at, where I'm going, but I'm just preaching up in here. I'm just letting the prophetic move. I'm just talking and don't care what come out. Anybody hear me over here? The Bible says, "Open your mouth wide, and God gonna fill it." You understand what I'm saying? Listen to me, good now. Listen to me. Esau had it all, man. You know, had it all. But he didn't know it. And so his mama is struggling with these two children on the inside. She said, if it be so, why am I thus? God, why do I feel like this? And she went to inquire of the Lord. Now, I told you that she was a spiritual woman. All right? And everything that went wrong in their life, you could tell that Isaac and Rebecca prayed. When she couldn't have children, what they did? Prayed. And when she was pregnant and it didn't look like it was going right, what they did? Prayed. And that's how Rebecca and Isaac was. You know, just a godly heritage, a godly lineage. Amen? And so Rebecca prays unto the Most High God. She, she inquires of the Lord. And some translations tell us that she went and talked to one of the godly family members, like, like Abraham himself and, and uh uh, but needless to say, uh, she inquired of God, and, uh, you know, God answered her. Amen. Hallelujah. And God says right here in, in 23, and the Lord said unto her, two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels, and the one people shall be stronger than the other people. And the elder shall serve the younger. Do you feel the anointing on that text? 
See, when you feel the anointing on a text like that, when you just read it, you know that it's rainbow. You know that this text, this verse, has an application in the current time that we live in. I'm trying to preach up in here. But we, we just talking about Esau. We just talking about Esau. So, so what do we learn here about Esau in this text? All right? We learn that Esau has a twin. Huh? Uh, two are in the womb, the verse says. So he has a twin. All right? Uh, 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 we learn that the twins are not just two boys, huh? but they are two nations. They are actually two peoples, all right? It's not just Jacob and Esau that's being born, but it is Edom and Israel that is being born. And if anybody hear me up in here? And, and you know, when you go to ask God for something, God not, you see, when you ask God for things, he gives you more than what you want. When you ask him for wisdom, he tell you more than what you need. Anybody hear me up in here? That's just the way that God works. He's just an awesome God. He's, he's more than enough. You see what I'm saying? And so we find out that there's two nations in this woman of God. All right? Two nations. We also learn that these two boys, these two nations, are going to be very different. All right? And a lot of times we see twins and we say, well, twins should look alike, act alike, or whatever like that. No. Them people be different. Huh? Sometimes you got the good twin, bad twin. You got any twins in here? I'm just joking. So, so, so they, was, they, was, they would not only be twins, but they would be uh, two nations. But not only two nations, they would be different. Where do you get that from? Look at the verse. Two nations are in thy womb. Watch this and two manner of people. See that? Two manner of people. There would be two different types of people coming out of you. Uh, 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 some of the old, old legends of the Jews, it says, two nations they are, each owning a world of its own. See? They, are, they live in two different worlds. Jacob and Esau are going to live in two different worlds. They will have two different worldviews, two different approaches to life, two different manner of people. One of them going to be all about the word of God, the Torah, but the oracles of God going to be in their heart. And the other one is all going to be about sin. One going to be about the word, the other one going to be about the world. One going to be about God, the other one is going to do the things of the devil. That's why they fighting in that womb like that, Brother Carl. How can two walk together except they agree? See what I'm saying? He says, from the one will spring Solomon, the builder of the temple, and from the other one, Vaspasian, the destroyer of the temple. Huh? They're not only going to be different, they're going to be diabolically opposed to one another. Huh? And because of that difference, the two nations will not get along. Come on, let's talk about Esau and Israel for a second. Y'all still up out there? Come on, somebody. Yeah, let's talk about it. The, the two nations will not get along. You know, how can two walk together except they agree? If I'm going one way and you going the other way and we tied together, it's going to be a tug of war. It'll be a tug of war. 
See? They in the same stomach, no space. Pulling over that medical card, you can see Rebecca like, boy, they let go my navel. NLT says, and the Lord told her, the sons in your womb will become two nations. From the very beginning, the two nations will be rivals. From the very beginning. While they yet in the womb. Two different purposes. Two different plans. Two different ways of life. They're going to be rivals, man. See? You see? They will be rivals. In Jubilees 37, 23, we see that in Esau. Because he's going to talk to Jacob. And we have some little flashes of peace between them throughout the years, especially after when Jacob was wrestling with the angels. Some little miraculous flashes of peace where they hug and they kiss, but it never lasts long. All right? All right? And in one situation in Jubilees 37, 23, Esau looks Jacob in the eye and tells him, when the raven becomes white, will a raven ever be white? When the raven becomes white, then know that I have loved thee. And then shall I make peace with thee. When the raven turn white, you know what he's saying? It ain't going to be no peace. Never happen. It'll never happen. Thou shalt be rooted out, Esau tells Israel. You're going to be rooted out. I won't rest until I pluck you up out the ground. And thy son shall be rooted out. And there shall be no peace for thee. Remember I told you at the beginning that the book of Hebrews was giving us an example of a person who had all those things we talked about fell the grace of God, that root of bitterness. They, they mess around and they were, they were, they were uh, uh, sexually immoral and then they had this profaneness about them. Listen, drawing this out, we see the bitterness that's in, in Esau right there. Can't let go. He said, I'm going to root you out. Hebrews is trying to show us a picture of what is warning us as believers never to stumble into. Because who knows if that bitterness was the thing that destroyed Esau the first time. It's so bitter. So bitter. The bitterness blocked him from God. See? And so these two would always be at odds. We also learn from the text that one will be stronger than the other one. <laughs> now this is good because what the Bible really here means is that at different times they will have different strengths but at every time one will always be stronger than the other one. and then the next time the other one is going to be stronger than this one they never going to be equal they never going to be on the same playing field they can't operate as equals like that because of the, the, the rival, because of the, the vitriol, uh, uh, virulent hate, one is always going to be on top while the other one is at the bottom. It's going to switch throughout the annals of history. All right? 
One shall always be stronger than the other. I have in my notes that Israel and Edom, watch this, they will never share the throne. They will never share the rule, the reign. One will be up while the other one will be down. They can't be blessed together. Isn't that something? You know, that's a sad state. Just imagine you don't get along with somebody and it's so bad that y'all both can't be blessed together. That's my prayer for you. That you could allow other people to be blessed while you be blessed. Come on, give God some glory. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God can bless both of us. Come on, give God some glory up in here. You see? And it's all right. It's all right. But the rivalry was so bad, they couldn't stand to see one another bless. And, and most of the time, it was on Edom's part. Hallelujah. The wrestling in the womb that we see here would take place on the world stage. After the children would be born, they was wrestling in the womb, but the womb, hey, God, would just be traded for the world. Because when they got into the earth, they would be wrestling still on the earth. And one of, the, one of the old divines, one of the old historical books said that just like the womb wasn't enough room for their wrestling, that the whole earth would not be enough room for the wrestling between Israel and Edom that's going to take place. Anybody hearing me up in here? You see what I'm saying? The legends of the Jews tells us they will never be in the same estate. Esau will have lords while Jacob will bring forth prophets. All right, they gonna have their stuff in the secular lords in the and the and the and I could, I could I could call out some lord names right now. They still call them lords, but guess what? While they have lords, we have prophets. Anybody hear me up in here? Hallelujah! And God is continually raising up prophets out of the fields of Tekoa. Amen. They might be on top, but He's still raising up Dr. Kings and Malcolm X's. And you understand what I'm saying? He's raising up a voice. He's raising up prophets. And so that's the way it looked when we on the bottom. They have lords, and we have prophets. But listen, when we have prophets, hey God. Bible say prophesy to these bones. <laughs> if the prophets prophesy to the bones, it won't be long until when we at the bottom, we're going to be right back on top if we listen to the prophecies from the word of God. All right? And when that happens, a switch happens. All right? And you can look at it. It says here, hallelujah, and if Esau has princes, now they're not large no more, but they done, they done bumped down. They have princes. Jacob will have what? Kings. Right? This is amazing. This is amazing. Now, when we down, we have prophets. When they down, they have princes. Why they don't have prophets? Because they ungodly. Because they're worldly. We're going to see just like Esau, his, uh, 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 his, his descendants, would have those same characteristics failing from the grace of God. Bitterness, sexual morality, and also worldliness and godliness, and which we call profaneness. See? Watch this. God's going to give us, hallelujah, a little, a little key to how this all going to play out. First, Esau will subjugate the whole world. But in the end, Jacob will rule over all. 
Come on, give y'all some glory up in here. Hallelujah. And I don't know about you, but if you know like I know, I know who Jacob really is. And I know who he's talking about. And I see it coming in the name of Yahshua HaMashiach. Second Ezra 6.9 corroborates this. It says, for Esau is the end of the world. He's going to rule to the end of the world. And Jacob is the beginning of it that follows. Jacob will rule in the beginning of that that follows. They're going to rule till the end, but we're going to pick up right after that. And it's just corroborating what the legend of the Jews is saying. It's just corroborating what our Bible is saying about one going to always be stronger than the other one. Amen. Just adding a little commentary to that. Amen. And so we learn some things about Esau. We also learn that the elder shall serve the younger. All right? The elder shall serve the younger. And this prophecy was spoken upon the two boys before they were ever born. All right? Now, apparently, they wasn't listening while they was in the womb because they was both fighting to see which one was going to come out first. And next week, we're going to talk about why, because in the whole, the old Hebraic system, amen, the firstborn, amen, would receive their share, a double portion share of the blessings, and they would receive some other things. We're going to talk about that. The birthright was so important, amen. Firstborns were, ooh, God, they had it made back in that day. And I'm speaking that from a baby boy, you know what I'm saying? I'm the last born, you understand what I'm saying? But and they, they, they... Woo, they received. How many firstborns we got in here? Y'all think y'all special, huh? Think y'all special. All right. And so they fighting, big brother, to see who gonna, who gonna get out first. And in Genesis 25, 24, look what it says. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. Just like God had said. And the first came out red all over like a hairy garment. This was weird. This was weird. They, 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 they don't even talk about how Jacob looked because Jacob had looked like a regular little black baby. But Jacob, Jacob But they made a point. Y'all crazy. They made a point about this one, hairy and, and red. They were like, what? What, is, what happened? What is this? And, and they called him after his color. They called his name Esau, which means red. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel. He said, oh, no, you don't. Esau was coming out. He said, oh, no, you don't. And could just imagine two baby boys, and one of them is holding on to the other, and he, he coming out. So they called the first one red, or red skin, or whatever you want. They call him red. You know what I'm saying? We, yeah, we call our brother. All right. They called the first one red. They called the second one Chocho. That's what we call him. I'm just joking. They call the first one red, and they call the second one Jacob. And they call him, I'll put you out there like that. Man, ain't nobody heard, man. <laughs> they didn't hear in Atlanta. They didn't hear in London. Listen, so they, so the, so, so they called the second child Jacob, right? And, and, and they were so intentional with their name. You could tell already, all right? Um, and, and Jacob or Yaqub, it meant a wrestler of some sort. It meant a trickster, a supplanter, a heel grabber. Right when you was about to get over on him, he was going, yeah, pull your own down. So they called him Jacob. I would have never named my boy that. 
And I, and I guess that's why God changed his name when it was said and done. And we got to watch how we name them because when we, when we name them, they become. Anybody hear me up in here? So, so that's, and we're going to see Jacob struggle with being a trickster his whole life, with being a supplanter his whole life, with being a person who, 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 who come behind you and pull the rug from out under you so that he could get the blessing. You see what I'm saying? And that, that's what they named him. They named him, named him Jacob. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and Jacob would not be right. All right? He's not going to be right. You know? We got two boys that's not right. Esau is not right. And I'm going to tell you all, Jacob is not right either. All right? But there's a difference about Jacob. All right? And it's a difference that God respects. Right? Because two people could not be right. Right? But Jacob believed in God. You understand what I'm saying? Jacob believed in God. And when you evaluate and really get to the crux of the matter with Jacob, all right? Jacob held on to Esau's heel because he believed. Woo! Jacob, and we're going to get to it, Jacob uh, 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 bribed him for the birthright because he believed. <laughs> Jacob dressed up and put sheepskin on him. He was ratchet, but because he believed. What did he believe? Every single promise that God had put in his word. And Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm going to dress up for it. I'm going to cook for it. I'm going to clean for it. But I know if I could get this birthright of Abraham and this birthright of Isaac, I know I'm going to get blessed. I believe in the blessing. He believed so much he was ratchet and going to get it. And it was something honorable in that. It was something because both the boys was ratchet. Both of them was sinners, and, and, and in this womb is the whole world right here. Because all of us are born in sin, shapen in iniquity. All of us, hey God, done fallen short of the glory of God. There's none of us righteous, not a single one. And our mamas, our daddies, and our brothers can talk, tell the stories. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lil Red, he ratchet. Cho-cho, he ratchet. Omar, he ratchet. He rascal. You understand what I'm saying? I look like I used to be rascal. Well, you right about that. I'm telling y'all the truth. I'm telling y'all the truth. And Esau was rascal. Right, right, right. Oh, my boy. Where Jacob at? Jacob. I see Jacob up there. Yeah, there was a time when Jacob was rascal. But we, but we was all, we was all rascal. But, but there was a difference in the boys. One of them had a spot for God. One of them had a belief in God. A trust in God. A love for God. And, 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 and in the heart of God, that separated the two boys. See, God will take an take a old sinner that, that love him and believe in him before a person that appear righteous who act like he don't need. Jesus said to the Pharisees, 
He said, a harlot and the publicans gonna enter the kingdom before you. Yeah, they ratchet, but they love me, they believe me, and they trust me. Oh, God, have mercy. Yeah, because you can always, God knew he can always work with somebody who got a spot for him in there. He can always work with them. That's Jacob. Jacob going to go through his tough times and he going to wrestle with God and he going to have to get his hip put out of place and all kind of stuff. But in the end, God going to make him what he always supposed to be. God going to make him Israel. Anybody hear me? Come on, give y'all some glory up in here. Come on. Hallelujah. We almost done. We almost done. Listen, we got to be done. Yeah, we almost done. We almost done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Don't you, let's just look for it. Let's just look for it. And just put a little mark right. We got some good stuff to talk about. And I don't want to rush it. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, we ain't going to do that. We're going to just, I, yeah, I just, I just got to put that right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so listen, let's give God some glory for talking about Esau and Jacob for a little while tonight and listen we're going to come back amen and, and uh, uh, get up in this word amen hallelujah uh, Sam I'm up here amen we're we going to do that I, I, depending on how it go next week we, we may have a special guest from Florida to come and bless y'all next week amen so hallelujah I don't usually announce but we got something special for y'all it's going to be a blessing so hallelujah and uh and so, hallelujah, you know, hallelujah. Let's have a word of prayer. <laughs> God, we thank you so much for just allowing us to get in that word and to, and to get deep up in this word. And you've been so good to us. And uh, we see a little Jacob in us all, Lord God. And, and especially Jacob sees Jacob in Jacob. And, and we pray, just thanking you that, that even though you saw a Jacob in us, you still saw that faith, that belief. And uh, it's my prayer that uh, there's someone in here who may not have it all together, who uh, may have done some things that not always right, but, but they have a heart for you, God. And at the end of the day, they love you. They wouldn't be here if they didn't love you. They wouldn't be tuned in if they didn't love you. You got a spot in their hearts, God. I just pray if there's somebody out there who hadn't closed the deal with you, God, and gotten saved themselves, that they would get saved tonight. My prayer for even the believers that we, Lord God, Press in as we see Jacob and Esau's story. That we would not be an Esau in anything that we do. That we would not be the opposite of Jacob, which is worldly and profane, getting caught up in immorality. Help us never to be like Esau. Everybody under the sound of my voice, pray with me, say, Yah, 
thank you for loving me in spite of me. I can be a little bit like Jacob. But you know I trust you. You know I believe in you. And you know I love you. You died for my sins. You were buried in the grave. And on the third day you rose. Lord, I believe you. Please save me. Come live inside my heart. Change me. Bless me. And make sure I don't ever act like Esau. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, give y'all some glory. Hallelujah. I done kept y'all too long, amen. I'm going to do the benediction, amen. And the worship team will give y'all some music to kind of go ahead and, and uh, hallelujah, meditate upon that. I got a free hand, bro. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank y'all for the cake, the gift. Bless y'all. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. Woo! May he lift up his countenance upon you. And bless you. And bless you. And bless you. And bless you with peace. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name.